today, the scripture is from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, and also chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I might be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join me in, with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets tangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. This ends the reading. So the question I want us to wrestle with in the time we have this morning is this. Who has invested in you spiritually? When you think back over the course of your life, who are those people that had a significant imprint on your journey of faith? That without which, without their influence, without their impact, you would not be where you are as a follower of Jesus today. I remember one for me. He came into my dorm room the very first day I moved into my dorm at Chico State. I was unpacking and kind of setting things up in the small box-like space you have that you're sharing with one other person. And this guy named Jeff knocked on my door, carrying his skateboard, and said, hey, let me, tell me about yourself. He said, well, you know, grew up in Cupertino, and I'm excited to be here at Chico State, and, and I'm a Christian. He said, you are? Yeah. He said, I've been looking for somebody who would be willing to host a Bible study in their dorm room. Would you be up for that? I said, sure. Within a week's time, I was hosting a Bible study at Machupta Hall there, the dormitory at Chico State. Soon after and on as the semester processed or proceeded, we led evangelistic talks in the dormitory. We would do evangelistic Bible studies and use every opportunity we could to share our faith in Jesus. The following year, I was living with Jeff and two other friends and leading a Bible study in that same dormitory doing evangelistic talks myself and engaging that hard place to share Jesus for Christ. I would not be where I am today in my journey of faith and particularly in my understanding of evangelism and how to engage a campus for Jesus 
without Jeff's spiritual impact and influence. You know, the question, will you mentor me? Will, we, will you be a spiritual friend to me? Really is as old as, you know, civilization. Mentor relationships are formative throughout the Old Testament. For instance, you had Old Testament prophets like Eli passing on faith to young Samuel, Elijah, and Elisha. You had leadership mentors, particularly Moses with Joshua. It's just amazing to watch that impact, as many of us have seen in reading through the Bible this year and being in numbers right now. Joshua and Caleb were faithful, but Moses was the one who imprinted his faith upon them. Similarly, we see these kinds of spiritual friendships, mentoring relationships in the New Testament. Paul to Timothy, and obviously the greatest mentor that ever existed throughout time, Jesus, imprinting his life, faith in him upon 12 followers who would go on to transform the world. Sadly, though, the reality is that mentoring relationships, those kinds of spiritual relationships, can be rare. And we want to be a place and space where spiritual friendships are birthed and nurtured, where mentoring relationships occur on a regular basis. And we actually believe that mentoring relationships are key to our plan for spiritual growth and formation. That without those kinds of one-to-one relationships... We're going to be stunted, perhaps, in our growth or limited in our growth in certain ways. You see, we want to be faithful to pass on our faith to the next generation of believers so that they would go on and pass on their faith to the next generation. Notice then in the passage that was read that at that early stage, Paul intuited the intergenerational nature of the Christian faith. And he points to Timothy's uh, family, his grandmother Lois, his mother Eunice, and how they had helped form Timothy in their faith in Christ. And now Paul, when he was traveling to Ephesus, encountered Timothy as somebody to be nurtured and encouraged in his faith, and he took on Timothy as a disciple and a, a leader to nurture in the faith. He invested his life in Timothy so that Timothy, that somebody in the next generation, would be able to do that in the future. So we believe in the power of mentoring, and we don't want that to be a rare relationship. We want that to be a common relationship in our church. Mentoring really is a model for spiritual friendship. And here in the passage it was read, Paul calls Timothy to pass on his faith to others, teaching reliable men, and I'm going to say women, to teach others. And like Timothy... We are all called to be a link in the chain of the gospel in relational ways. One of our values is mentoring as a church. And we say that we value mentoring to encourage and teach one another in relational ways in our journey with Jesus. Again, one of our core values. To encourage and teach one another relationally in our journey with Jesus. We describe mentoring this way. Mentoring is the formation and development of a one-to-one relationship for sharing life experiences and personal growth. One-to-one because we believe that that can have the greatest impact. Relationally because it becomes life-on-life, as it talks about in Proverbs, uh, to be like iron sharpening iron. 
and sharing life experiences because where we're being challenged and where our life is, where those struggles are, really is where we need to experience growth, right? We don't just want to learn for the sake of learning. We want to learn where it impacts where we're living our life right here and now. Bobby Clinton, one of my seminary professors, said it this way. Mentoring is a relational experience through which one person empowers another by sharing God-given resources. The resources may vary, but mentoring is a positive dynamic that enables people to develop potential. So for me, I have made a lifelong principle or spiritual practice of having what might be called a mentoring constellation. I think we might have a little constellation picture that might come up. A mentoring constellation is basically where you have somebody investing in you. I was thinking again this past week of a guy named Dale Johnson, a retired Baptist pastor who sort of took me under his wing when I was in Santa Rosa and nurtured me and encouraged me in my faith. He walked me through my grief journey, but he didn't leave me after that. He continued to mentor me and encourage me along the way. So honestly, I'm always on the hunt for seasoned pastors who know what the challenges and the blessings of ministry are like to spend time with. I grab lunch with my friend Carl to hear what he would have to say and to hear his encouragement of me in the midst of the blessings and challenges of ministry because I need that. But we not just need people that are kind of further up along the journey. We need people that kind of are people alongside us too and are similar in a similar stage in their journey of faith. So I meet with my friend Seth once a month for lunch. He's the Episcopalian pastor in Grass Valley. And Seth and I check in on one another and share life together. We don't just share feud. We share spiritually how God is nurturing us as well as what challenges we face. But then there's another type of mentoring or another part of that constellation. And that is what I'll call downward mentoring. Where we find somebody, or we say yes to somebody, who wants to be spiritually nurtured, who wants to be encouraged in their faith, and we spend time with that person in order to allow God to pour out through us into that other person's life. Greg Ogden, somebody who's written about mentoring a lot too, says the internalization and multiplication of faith are two central qualities to leaving a lasting spiritual legacy. Jesus focused on a few because that was the only way to transplant his heart and mission into the life of his key followers. Jesus models focusing on the few to be able to impact the many. He multiplied himself in a few chosen men who would carry the gospel on to the ends of the earth for the sake and the growth of the kingdom of God. So today I want you again to think about who told you? Who was it that spent time with you? Were you blessed by a mentor or friend that walked with you in the early stages of your journey of faith or was with you at a key hinge point in your journey? What was that person like? What was the nature of their investment? Perhaps it was a grandparent. Perhaps it was a parent. Perhaps it was a faithful Sunday school teacher, small group leader, or youth worker, or coach. But often, there are a number of people who we can thank God for because they were faithful in sharing faith. 
And we always need that in every stage of life because our journey of faith is different and has different challenges at every opportunity. So, you know, the range of influence might be different. Some people come into our life and just provide a mentoring role and are serve as a spiritual friendship for a short time. Other people for a longer period of time. But we need to be thinking about who those people are, how they blessed us, and how we then might be a blessing to others. Timothy was blessed with an amazing spiritual friend in Paul. And he was able to receive the faith and the trust that Paul passed on to him and then entrust that to other people. The Greek word for this is paratheke. And the paratheke is basically something that you value that you entrust to another person for safekeeping so that when the time comes, when you need it most, you're able to receive that back or pass it on to another generation. You might have a possession, for instance, that's in a safe at home. It's a family heirloom, something you treasure, and you have it in that space and place being held there now so that in the future you can clearly pass it on. That is a paratheke. And our faith in Jesus is the ultimate paratheke, the ultimate deposit that we are meant to receive but also be prepared to share with other people. So there's a few qualities or characteristics of any mentoring relationship that we can actually think about, any spiritual friendship of worth and value. And the first is this, that mentoring or spiritual friendships help us move forward in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Notice that Paul greets Timothy in grace, grace and peace to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he also tells him to be strong in the grace of God that is in Christ Jesus. We need to be strengthened by God's grace. There are many times where I have blown it spiritually, committed sin or fallen short of God's glory or feel like I've fallen short as a pastor. And it's a mentor or friend that reminds me that God's grace is available. Wasn't last week a wonderful reminder of how God's grace is available? We talked about Peter and his denial of Jesus three times. But then Jesus meeting Peter in resurrected form beside the Sea of Galilee and saying, Peter, do you love me? He says, yeah, Lord, you know I love you. He says, feed my sheep. Three times Jesus did that, as we talked about last week. That was the ultimate restoration of Peter and and an offer of forgiveness and freedom from the guilt that Peter felt from denying Jesus so that Peter could serve Jesus once again. And we need those people to remind us that the grace of God is available, to be empowered by that grace. We as a church believe that grace is our base. It is our foundation through Jesus. And if we don't get a hold of or receive and understand the grace of God that is unmerited, we don't get to understand the rest. We are saved by grace alone, friends. And mentors, like Paul to Timothy, and like we might serve for somebody else or we might have from somebody else, give us consistent reminders that the grace of God is available, that the grace of God is something that we can receive, and that when we receive it, we find strength to continue to live for Jesus' sake. When was the last time somebody reminded you clearly 
that the grace of God was available? Here's the answer. About 15 minutes ago when Greg led us in the prayer of confession. If you missed it, if you somehow thought that you weren't, you know, the grace of God wasn't available, we as a church try to remind you of that every Sunday morning in prayer. But sometimes we need that person that we feel safe with. We need that person that we can share with that we know is going to welcome us in grace. A friendly reminder within our stream of Christianity, you don't need to go through me or Greg. Every one of you is a priest because of Jesus. Jesus is your great high priest and mediator. And as a result, every one of you can kind of stand in the gap and point the way through Jesus for somebody else. You don't need to come. We don't have a confession booth here. You can come and you can confess your sins directly to God through Jesus. But every, one of, every person in the room is somebody that can be a transmitter of that grace. Somebody that expresses that grace to another person. If we have received it ourselves, part of our mentoring and serving as a spiritual friend for somebody else is making sure that that person knows that the grace of God is just as available for them. In moving forward in mentoring relationships and spiritual friendships, first, they're about grace that is available in and through Jesus Christ. Second, mentoring enables us to move forward from public to personal relationships for greater impact and influence. Notice that Paul talks to Timothy about the teaching that he had shared with him. It says, in the presence of many witnesses. Paul says, in the presence of many witnesses, you heard, you know, the the good news. You heard the truth of God. Think about that being like hearing a sermon. We hear the truth of the scriptures in and through a message corporately. It's probably about 80, 85 people in the room right now. You can hear the grace of God. And similarly, Paul had preached that gospel and Timothy had heard that gospel from Paul. But then he presses on and forward in that. What he's heard in public, in the presence of many witnesses, Paul talks about pass on to reliable men and women. In other words, in smaller relationships. Our discipleship process here as a church is built on the fact that you won't just hear the gospel on a Sunday morning in, the, in corporate worship, but that you're going to dive deeper into that gospel in and through our growth groups and mentoring relationships. Greg's pulling together our growth group leaders today after second service to just encourage them and feed them and, and talk about what it means to be a spiritual shepherd in that context. Our growth groups and mentoring relationships are those spaces and places where we take the word of God that we've heard corporately and we allow it to sink deep more deeply into our lives. There's no greater joy I have as a pastor to be walking around campus sometimes and and watching study groups together or watching two spiritual friends meeting out in the gazebo and sharing what they're learning and how they're growing That, to me, is the core of how discipleship occurs. And Paul knew that and passed that on to Timothy. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men. In other words, don't just take that in yourself, but be ready to share it. But this is where sometimes I think we've got it wrong in our society and perhaps in the church. 
Because today, the relational connection often between the knowledge and experience giver and receiver has weakened or is non-existent. I remember when I started my seminary process, we had an online learning class. They called it distance learning. And I, I can honestly say, yeah, there were some truths that I took in, but, but I wasn't really being discipled through that class. You don't learn to be a pastor online listening to somebody who's hours away. You learn to be a follower of Jesus through life-on-life intimate relationships. I'm not saying there isn't space or place to to hear truth over the internet, (laughs) to listen to podcasts, or to take a, a class corporately, but the vast majority of learning and those things that I think really stick come through relationships. The seminary professors I most remember are the ones that actually I had lunch with or spent time with. The teachings that I remember from pastors and sermons are ones that actually took time to connect with me personally and relationally. Not just those that spoke from up front, but I never got to know. Paul knew that we need relationships in order to encourage and nurture faith. And he nurtured such a relationship with Timothy that he could call Timothy his true son in the faith. And he referred to himself as Timothy's spiritual father. We need to nurture and encourage those kinds of spiritual friendships that literally become familial in nature. That leads to the multiplication of the gospel and the sharing of the good news of Jesus and people growing in those core truths. Thirdly, mentoring moves, we move forward in mentoring as we entrust teaching to reliable people who will be able to be qualified to teach others. This is the core of this kind of relationship that sometimes is rare. It's entrusting, again, what you have received to somebody else. It's taking what is of greatest value to you, and it should be the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That should be the thing that is of greatest value to you, and you, you take that and you share that. Paul will go on to share an athletic metaphor, but as a track coach, probably the best analogy I have for this is passing on a baton. Passing on a baton of faith, passing on what you have learned and what's been entrusted to you to somebody else who can run with it and benefit from it. The other day, Josh was running in a 4x400 relay, and these guys are all fast. They can run a circle around the track 400 meters in about 52, 53 seconds. They are way faster than I ever was. The only question mark for these four guys and whether they were going to win a league title or not was whether they could successfully pass on the baton and not bungle it. And fortunately for Josh and his three teammates, they successfully passed on the baton to one another and they won a league championship in the 4x400 relay. If they had dropped the baton or they hadn't passed it on smoothly, they wouldn't have won. Similarly, as a church that is... Their goal is to multiply our faith, to make disciples who make disciples. We have to pass on the baton of faith successfully or clearly. We don't want that baton to drop. One of my greatest you know, challenges or fears perhaps in some ways would be that you know, somehow I would fail to pass on my faith to the next generation of my family and others. And so for me, mentoring relationships with 
with students and mentoring relationships with people that are younger than me or even similar age, but also just mentoring my own two boys is at the core of Christ's call for me, and I believe it's at the core of Christ's call for each one of us. Mentoring relationships do take different shapes and forms. There are disciplers who spend intensive time passing on faith to us. There's coaches that come alongside and help us learn a specific gift and skill. I think about the Mexico mission trip and the builders that we had on the trip like Rick and Wayne and how they passed on skills to our students and others to help build a house. There can be counselors who just listen to us and give us feedback. There can be people that are sponsors for us that perhaps, you know, say a good word for us on a resume or application and enable us to, to get a position or move forward in God's call for us in a career. Mentors play a variety of roles, but in each and every case, there's a reception of, of truth or a skill or something of value that then faithfully gets passed on to somebody else so that they can benefit from it as well. Some mentors and spiritual friends we never even meet. One of my greatest spiritual friends is C.S. Lewis. Opening up one of his books is like sitting down or a cup of coffee with an old friend. Familiar words leap off the page that have had meaning for me in different times and seasons of my life. But they make sense of my journey and my reality once again in each and every season. We can have spiritual friends that take on various forms and pass on various truths to us. But the importance is that we seek out those kind of spiritual friendships and mentoring relationships and we make ourselves available to play those roles for other people. Why? Perhaps most importantly is this, that moving forward in mentoring and spiritual friendship is the best way to prepare people to endure hardships. Paul knew that Timothy's journey was not going to be easy. And so Paul knew that he had to pass on the truths of his faith in such a way that Timothy would endure the test of time. Friends, we want to help others build a resilient faith. And each one of us wants to have a resilient faith. And it's harder and harder to have a resilient faith these days in the midst of everything going on around us. To have a resilient faith, we need to pass on our faith in such a way that it will live and endure in other people, where they will receive what we might have to pass on, but in such a way that it holds. Paul has three primary metaphors for this. He talks about being a soldier who wants to please your commander, an athlete who follows the rules of the game, or a farmer who works hard. Each of those images is about endurance and perseverance about investment that pays on dividends in the future. So my question I want to leave for you is this. What insight would the Lord be passing on to you related to spiritual friendships? And how is he calling you to move forward in mentoring relationships? Perhaps it's just today acknowledging that you have a need for the grace of God expressed to you and made available to you through the person of Jesus Christ. And if so, that would just be opening yourself up to him. Perhaps it's acknowledging, I need a mentor. I need somebody to invest in me. And we're going to hear of a couple examples here to close the message. 
But there also are brochures available in the lobby that you can pick up, learn more about our mentoring ministry, and let us know if you would like to have a mentor. Or perhaps your step today is this, to say, as broken and flawed as I am as a person, I believe that God has something to offer through me that might encourage and bless somebody else. And I would be willing, if asked, to serve as a mentor or spiritual friend for somebody else. Because somebody else did that for me, and it's important enough that I'm willing to do that for somebody else. We're going to hear of a couple examples here to close the message this morning. The first is coming through a video. This is uh, me interviewing my friend Rob Ferrer, who I meet with on a regular basis. Rob talking about how our mentoring relationship started and how he's been blessed by it. Hey, I'm here this morning with Rob Ferrer. Rob and I have been meeting in a mentoring relationship uh, here for some time, and I've really enjoyed my spiritual friendship with you, Rob, and I just wanted you to share how we got connected and how you benefited from it uh, that other people can hear. Great. Yeah. So not long ago, it would be two, two summers ago, uh, we were doing the summer table events through the church, and uh, Pastor Mike had invited me at one of those dinners. He said, hey, I'd love to have lunch with you sometime. And I was quite curious about it and wondered if he had a particular angle about it. And I thought I contemplated quite a bit. But I did join him for lunch, and I was quite surprised that, um, he, you know, in my comfort in asking him, uh, I, I really did want to know. He looked at me and said, what, do I have an agenda? And I said, yes, precisely. He said, no, not really. He said, I, I just want to, um, you know, have, uh, deepen my relationship to you. And if you're open to exploring your relationship with Christ, I'd like to, be, um, I'd like to offer you myself and be available. So since that time, we've been doing it quite regularly, and I've, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. How have you benefited when we've gotten together, and what's your experience? Sure. The many, many different ways I got to say in our, in our lunches and in our time of having coffee together, but if I were to highlight one piece, it's uh, the thing, the epiphany that I had is it, it's not just you and I meeting together, um, and I should with you before, it's that you, I, and the Holy Spirit, uh, there is an element of grace, and we, we do get to have conversations and share a lot about our experiences, but um, because we've been open and invited that in there, it's been there with us. So um, I found that that has been one of the bigger benefits in having that and, and, and departing each other. You know, when we leave those those times, I've found that that has stayed with me. It's like in my car, I do my work, and, and, and uh, as long as I'm open to that invitation, it's that it occurred with you and I, it can occur anywhere. And so I've been, um, I've thought about that deeply invited that in all the conversations and relationships I've had with others and that has been just totally remarkable for me. So somebody is considering signing up to have a mentor and enter into that kind of relationship, what encouragement would you give them? Uh, well, uh, as I said earlier, the, the thing that I would say, don't overthink it, and I did. Um, I, I came into it and uh, gave myself that opportunity to be open, and so I think that was a bigger piece is to be open to anything that can happen. And um, so, so I just raised my awareness and I welcomed it. And I was really surprised that that, that occurred for me, that having um, that, that openness and invitation to it and listening really deeply. There's something to be heard there. There's something to be had there. And so um, I really appreciate the opportunity you've given me. And um, it has deepened that relationship I have had, not only with you and I together, but with you and I in my relationship to very good. Thank you, Rob. Thanks very much. Have a pleasant day, everybody. Hey, I'm here this morning with Rob Ferrer. Rob. Oh. <laughs> 
I love the way Rob shared it. Uh, it's not just you and I meeting. It's you and me and the Holy Spirit when we gather. Uh, what a wonderful way to describe what that kind of relationship could look like. Uh, one other mentor, uh, friendship, I want to invite uh, Summer Duncan and Sue Bauman to come up. Uh, Summer and Sue have been meeting together in this kind of relationship for some time. And uh, I'd love for you two ladies to just take a minute to share with us how you got connected, how you benefited from the relationship, and what encouragement you would have for people if they're considering such a relationship. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so I was newly back to the area um, about two years ago. And I had, uh, was new in working in ministry. I was new in homeschooling. I was new in all these areas of my life. I was new in working in my marriage. Um, and I went to Beth, and I just said, you know, I would really love to have someone that's been there, done that, that I can look up to, that um, I can just ask some hard questions about where we are in life. This, life, this season of life is challenging. Um, and... Maybe there's someone that's done this before that, that would be willing to walk through that with me. And so she actually partnered, partnered with me, partnered me with Sue. And um, it was all God's doing because I, I could not have picked out a better mentor. Um, she's homeschooled her children. She's been married for a very long time. Um, she's involved in our church in such a way that I very much look up to. And it's just been such a blessing um, to to do life with her. And, um, and I think the, the biggest thing that I take away from our relationship is that she speaks the truth to me out of love. She doesn't tell me what I want to hear. She doesn't placate me. She holds me accountable. Um, and she just says, okay, we've got to work on these things. You don't want to stay where you are. Let's work on these hard things. And I love that. But she doesn't push me out of that and then leave me alone. She says, okay, I'll take your hand and we can walk through these things together. Thanks, Summer. Uh, yeah, I uh, had been praying for really quite a while in my Bible study group that the Lord would, um, well, each one of our Bible study ladies would, were praying that the Lord would bring us someone to mentor. And we were kind of wondering why it didn't happen very quickly. <laughs> I guess we weren't ready. But um, so when Beth came to me and said, you know, well, there's a young lady here who's expressed interest in being mentored, I'm like, wow, you know, that's great. Well, I'm certainly not going to say no to that. And at the time, I didn't know Summer at all. I really didn't know how much we already had in common. But um, I just sort of stepped out in faith, said, sure, you know, if this is what the Lord's calling us to do. It's an answer to our prayers. And so I was delighted to have the opportunity to start to spend time with, with Summer and we started out just doing Bible study together. And, of course, you know, that's a pretty non-threatening way for two Christian ladies to uh, start their relationship. And we um, met regularly and studied the Word. And over time, we just spent more and more time together. And we found, of course, that uh, we had so many things in common. And um, our intimacy grew. We just began to, I think, develop a real trusting relationship with one another. And I've got to tell you that this worked out better than I could ever have imagined, I promise. Um, I think Summer was looking for someone to, I, don't, I guess, look up to or whatever. I think she found in me, I think we just found in each other, just a friendship where 
we could trust each other and we could counsel with each other and summer has really been a tremendous blessing in my life i've gone through some challenges this last year and she's had some experience in some of those areas and has just come alongside me as well so um, it's been a really mutually beneficial relationship and it's been a blessing to us and god has just gone ahead of us and uh done a wonderful thing here we're just really delighted to be able to spend time together and she's like my new daughter now and i have a granddaughter <laughs> as well a new granddaughter her little daughter addie and so um we're just really blessed and would really encourage you to just let the lord do whatever it is he's going to do answer the call and take the opportunity to just welcome some other blessing into your life thank you Thank you for sharing. Yeah. The intersecting uh, point of mentoring relationship really is grace. And, and as we come to the table today, we partake of communion because we need God's grace and mercy. We seek out a mentor or spiritual friend because we know we need help in our journey with Jesus. And also, it's that recognition that as a result of the grace of God, as a result of Christ's offer of his body and the shedding of his blood, we have something to offer other people in him. We can serve as a spiritual friend or mentor for somebody else, but it comes out of our recognition of the grace of God available to us in Jesus Christ. Our Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty, Spirit conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe Holy Spirit, our God is three in one, I believe in the resurrection. 